Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Uh, according to Facebook, we should be live any moment now if we're not already live. Oh, there we go. I am just uh, getting my thing set up here, making sure the volume is off on that. And uh, Piper's Dojo is live. Yes, sure enough, Piper's Dojo is live, everyone. Uh, I'm not getting the greatest uh, feed yet over here, but uh, hopefully things are good. My computer looks good. Everything looks up and strong. So welcome, everybody. I might just have to refresh. Let me refresh this. Refreshing the live stream feed here, because then I can bring the Hopefully chat in. Things are good. Oh, there we go. And the audio fed in there, which is super useful. Okay, welcome to Dojo U Live, everyone. So last week we started the show without giving a proper explanation of what was going on. So I'm going to try to give a proper explanation now. Uh, what is Dojo U Live? You ask. Well, I got my script ready. It's a script. It's bullet points. It's not like a script, okay? But. Uh, a Dojo University, this is some background for you. A Dojo University membership features stuff like complete courses about every topic of bagpipe mastery you can dream of. We've got 10 or more, this week we had more, live classes per week from world-renowned bagpipe instructors like me, like Carl, but also people like Bruce Gandy, Callum Beaumont, Kim Drummond, Rob Matheson, stuff like that. We've got a private Facebook group where only our members get to interact with tons and tons of great pipers. We've got a daily dose program where we have these little bagpipe workouts, you could say, that we post every single week, um, or sorry, every single day. Uh, you can post our little workout to our Facebook group for some feedback on your playing. If you live in the USA, we've got big discounts on bagpipe supplies from our supply store and so on and so forth. Now, as people develop their bagpiping skills on our site each and every day, there's got to be little checkpoints to shoot for so that we don't fall deep in the hole of bagpipe knowledge, unable to climb out. You like this? This is dramatic. I wrote this this morning. Uh, and that's where Dojo U Live and our critiques come in. So each week we offer up a little mission to the players at Dojo U. Now I can show you um, if I get organized here, I can show you, I want to leave this site. Yes. Here's our mission from this week, uh, that we have over here. So at Dojo U, it says, welcome to Dojo U, Andrew. This week, here's the mission. Learn the first two parts of Robin Adair. You don't necessarily have to memorize it. Um, as a matter of fact, we want to save room in our brain to memorize those tunes in our repertoire that are actually really important, like the band tunes or the competition tunes. So we're not necessarily going to memorize a new tune every week, but we're going to learn it. We're going to get it up on the music stand so we can play it well. We're going to study and focus, especially this week, on playing with great grace note quality and with great tuning of drones to the chanter. Those are just like little things you can focus on if you don't have your own list of things that you're really trying to work on this week. We also want to complete as many daily doses as we have time for. Um, and then before Thursday, July 26th at 7.30 a.m. Eastern time, otherwise known as, known as today, yeah, just moments ago, uh, record the first two parts of Robin Adair on full bagpipes and submit your recording for feedback. Okay, and it also says, this is important for a lot of folks, simplify this exercise as best suits your stage of development. Okay, and what that means is if you're not ready to play well, with all the embellishments in the tune, take them out. Or, or if your D throw is just not good yet because you haven't had enough time to work on it, take it out. Or if 
if uh, you're not comfortable playing on the full pipes with all the drones going and trying to deal with getting all of that tuned, turn off two of the drones or to, uh, turn off all three of them and just you know get the tune going on the pipes. So scale it down, simplify it uh, so that you can produce the very best performance that you can produce. Okay, and that, that was the mission uh, for this week here at uh, Dojo U. Now, now that we have a bunch of submissions that have come in from the different members, we're now ready to critique them and that's what we're gonna do on the show, right? That's great, it's good stuff. Let's talk now about how we're going to critique each of these performances. As we carry on with the show, you will see um, that we're going to give numerical scores to each of the key Dojo U fundamentals. Now, this is a set of objective fundamentals that we teach day in and day out at the Dojo uh, to help struggling pipers or new pipers become good pipers, right? Uh, and we have objective fundamentals. We give them a numerical score in each of these categories that are determined by the fundamentals. And once they have numerical scores that reflect the quality of each of their fundamentals, they are combined to form a final finger work score. That means how good was your finger work altogether? And a final instrument score. How good was the quality of your bagpipe sound? From there, we tabulate the final score. Got it? <clears throat> Beth, if you're out there. Absolutely. Are you understanding that now? Okay, just teasing. Uh, it's pretty fun and extremely useful. Now, we give students feedback every week if they submit every week. So you can see how you perform that day, that's fun, but what's cool about the numbers is you get to see, theoretically, in a slightly imperfect way, but it's still really kind of cool, you get to see the improvement that you're making week to week. You get that real sort of objective feedback to what you're doing, and if you do well, it's super fun. If you do less well, it gives you some really great clues about why you slipped this week and stuff like that. So as we continue to continue with today's show, now you'll have a bit of background on what we're doing here. So that is the intro to the show, everyone. Did it take too long? Probably, but now you know what we're doing. Um, how's everybody feel about that? How are we doing? By the way, uh, before, before we start, let's uh, check out the uh, uh, Facebook chat ticker here. And uh, my little emojis have creeped into the chat. Oh, John Hol Holcomb has joined. Beth is here. Got some people joining us on the live stream. Super exciting. Mark Dubois is here. My wife is here. Everyone's here. It's good. The stream seems to be running smoothly. Everything is good. I do kind of want to uh, change my Facebook chat uh, thing here. So stand by, everyone. I just want to move this down a little bit. You know, get rid of those emojis. We don't care about any of that stuff. Uh, okay, good enough. Cool. Yeah, but they're not doing anything. They're, they're for me to press. So there it is, everybody. Roberta is late. Okay, shall we dive into our first critique? Who's doing the first one? Um, how about you, Andrew? And I'll do the second one. That sounds like a good plan. All right, um, well, here it goes. Amanda's recording of Robin Adair.
Is this the same Amanda? It's awesome. That was a very dramatic, that was a very dramatic finale. I'm scoring that one, right? <clears throat> yeah, you're scoring that one. Now, look, um, there were so many wrong notes in that, right? Um, that it's really like scale navigation is so much improved from last week, but the score can't be all that great because um, there were so many wrong notes. You know what I mean? So this isn't necessarily just... Uh, a matter of uh, crossing noises and stuff. We just didn't hear the right notes. The rhythmic accuracy was a lot better in the beginning. Uh, go ahead, Carl. You, you can make a couple of comments while I finish up my sheet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was really good as a whole. Definitely a huge improvement over uh, what we heard last week. So, excellent job there. More careful with it. That's exactly what we need to do. Thoughtful playing through there. Um, so yeah, I mean, there were a couple of crossing noises in there that snuck in, um, but as, as a whole, I thought scale navigation was pretty good, other than the aforementioned um, note mistakes. But hey, you know, if this is a new tune for you, as you said, that's, uh, that's okay. You know, we're working on this. This is the process of learning and, and uh, improving, so that's really good. Um, let's see. Uh, in the second part, there's just a few moments there where you ended up a bit ahead of the beat. Uh, for example, the scale run in the third bar of the second part. Right? You've got to be a little more careful there just to, to keep everything, um, everything lined up on the beat. Uh, maybe just a little bit more confidence and poise there, waiting for each beat to fall before you're well, hitting it on the beat, rather. But... Uh, yeah, it's, music was flying away with the wind, too. I, I can imagine, man. It sounded uh, just a little windy out there. But that's great that you get outside and play. That's a, it's a very important skill that uh, um, should not be forgotten either. Getting out and playing outside is a super important thing for pipers. There's distractions, there's wind, and so producing a good performance outside can be much more challenging than doing a good performance uh, in your practice room in your house. So... Uh, getting outside with some distractions, other people, wind, uh, weather, different temperatures, sun, shade. It's a great thing to do uh, to perfect your performances. Okay, uh, here are my thoughts. So um, what did you get last week, Amanda? Do you remember? Uh, scale navigation. Um, I'd be interested to know if this is, it's got to be an improvement from last week, right? Scale navigation. Uh, too many wrong notes to receive a high score. I already mentioned that. Uh, I, but the crossing noise factor, that was good, though. I, you should feel like that's way better than last week. Uh, rhythmic accuracy. The first part was nice, but by the second part, you were way off the rhythm. So in order to succeed here, we need to keep that rhythm for the entire 
performance. There you go, Amanda. See, 28 last week, 44 this week. Okay, that's huge. Just slowing it down, allowing the metronome to come in, using some of those musical skills that we know that you have because you're a music student, if I recall correctly, right? Using some of those skills, taking your time and doing it the right way. And you like, I don't know, you didn't double your score, but it was close to doubling it in one week, right? Uh, uh, single grace notes, really good. No problem there. Nice and small and crispy and a good job. Uh, embellishments, way better than last week. Some of the D throws are as good or better than a lot of the folks who have been here for a long time. So when we slow down the tempo, we can really see that, uh, you know, coming through. Tonal quality, some big old surges. We got to work on controlling that better. Tuning, chanter sounds pretty tuneful, but the drones were clearly not in tune with each other. So that is what puts together your overall score here. And on the stream, you can see uh, the text this week because I have included a scene where we can zoom in on the notes uh, a little bit clearly here. So um, how are we doing out there on the stream, folks? Are we seeing it? Instrumental music ed. There you go. Instrumental music like ed. There it is. Things are going good on the stream. Welcome, everybody. I think it's mostly Dojo U students this week. I didn't, I wanted to see if I didn't promote it, how many people would tune in. We've got uh, 14 people right now, as opposed to, we got up to 48 last week. It's all an experiment. So it turns out my promotions do help a little bit. So there you go. I really enjoyed that. Um, playing fast, right? We, we talked about this a lot at the Dojo. We continue to talk about it, but, um, we want form, then we want form consistently, then we want to ramp up the intensity, right? If, if I'm trying to learn how to deadlift, uh, you know, uh, which is like lifting heavy weight off the ground, I wouldn't want to do super heavy weight super fast a whole bunch of times as intensely as I could. I wouldn't want to do that until I learned the form. Why? Why wouldn't I want to go super heavy, super fast? deadlifting a heavy weight. You don't want to hurt yourself. That's right. If I don't know my form, not only is it not going to go well for me because I'm wasting a lot of energy, but it's also kind of like unsafe. I'm going to ingrain bad habits. And in the exercise world, you're, you're going to hurt yourself. It's very obvious why you can't go super fast right from the get-go when you're talking about something that's potentially dangerous. Now, aside from people rolling over in their graves... Uh, playing bagpipes bad is not dangerous, right? Uh, but it's certainly the same idea. It's a mastery-oriented skill. It's something where the better our technique is, the better we're going to be able to play at high intensity in the future, right? So we have to keep that in perspective. And when we're learning, aka before all of the fundamentals are in really good shape, it's a really bad idea to try to go too fast, and thank you to Amanda for being the sacrificial uh, lamb there, showing us that. Um, pretty soon, the next upload will be complete, and Carl is going to do the next summary. Are we ready? Yeah. Yeah, we're ready. Here comes Lee.
Good. Lee, really nice job. Carl's going to cook up your critique there, and it's my job to provide some color while he does that. So um, <clears throat> really, really nice. Okay, this is a, an example of a very good performance. Everybody should take note. Let's start backwards, right? Uh, the tuning was spectacular. Certainly the tuning of the drones to each other was really, really good. And the tuning of the drones to the chanter at the beginning was very, very good. Uh, now the finger work, right? Everything was good. Grace notes were good. Embellishments were coming through pretty darn good. The rhythm was locked into the metronome. And except for a few inexplicable, totally audible crossing noises, <clears throat> uh, it was really, really nice. Uh, there should be no crossing noises in this tune. Uh, you'll notice, by the way, this week, dot cut quality and consistency is kind of an NA. It's not applicable this week because there are no uh, ALAP ASAPs. There's no dots and cuts uh, in the actual music that we're preparing this week. So, um, so we don't really have to talk about that in this case. Um, so really good performance. Now, there's no doubt in my mind, Lee, especially remembering you from last week, that you're overblowing during the performance. Uh, there's no doubt. Because the, uh, the pipe sounded, started off so well in tune and, and we, would expect some, um, we would expect some sharpening of the chanter perhaps over time, but it's just, you're definitely just overblowing you're overgunning it just a little bit so lee is not in the live room he had to go he's traveling hopefully lee you're listening to this from the road and you're enjoying this big victory what do we get for a score this week boom we score of 77.38 which i think is pretty good um I, I i don't have too much else there other than what you said there already andrew um i was just going to comment on the embellishments there uh, the throws were good. They're definitely a little on the open side, and we definitely prefer them more open with equal steps than crushed and not good. But over time, to improve that scorely, we can work to make them a little bit more concise, um, and that comes with practice and and just you know working on on speeding up the embellishment while maintaining everything nice and equal, all the steps equal. And then the strikes were were good, but not as perfect as they could be. Um, not hearing the two steps 100% uh, clear there. So watch out for those, um, the, the D strikes there. And uh, yeah, that's sort of what I had. Other than the drones sounding really, really good, slight blowing issues on the D there, especially. Um, it's still good though, right? It's still very good. But yeah, still exceptional. Still really, really, really nice. Uh, yeah, nice playing. Yeah, so Lee was 65 last week. So there you go. I told you so, Lee. I, I was right again. I love being right. Being right is great. Um, I love being right, which is when Lee really applies himself, uh, he can really start to push that top level. If you could get an 80, you are, you are uh, in really good shape. That means you're averaging a score of four across the board, right? Uh, you're in great shape if you can do that. That's where we're trying to get everybody to is that 80 mark. Uh, above 80 is kind of reserved for like, you know, if, if uh, uh, Alistair Lee ever wants to come on and do one, you know, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll be somewhere uh, in the 90s probably if he ever wants to come on. Alistair, if you're out there, buddy, you know, anytime. Although technically you have to be a Dojo U member uh, to be critiqued on the show. So uh, speaking of which, you could become a member today. 
uh, head over to dojouniversity.com, dot com, dot com. Uh, if you would, uh, if you'd like to become a member and join us and in, improve your piping, we do a little bit every day here. Instead of going to a piping school for a week, which is awesome, by the way, there's a lot of great piping schools happening in the world right now. Uh, but instead of going for a week and immersing yourself fully in bagpiping all day, every day for a week, uh, come to Dojo U instead. And what we do is we do a little bit of uh, bagpipe improvement every single day. That's what we do. We, keep, we try and keep it going every single day, all year long. Heck, even when you're on vacation, send your spouse to the spa and you can tune into a class. And uh, we just, we chip away at the block a little bit every day. And, um, and it's fun. It's a community. It's, it's good times. Operators standing by. Yes, thank you, John. An investment in your future, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, for, for the next plug, we'll just leave a little carrot there. You could always come on vacation with us in the Dojo U Cruise. But more about that after maybe the next recording. How's that sound, Andrew? That sounds good. I, do I have to do the uh, critique here? Yeah. So, so you're, you're up here for Beth. So nice job there, Beth. I mean, uh, really, really good, solid playing as a whole. Uh, definitely a few blowing uh, issues coming through there. So um, in your, your tonal score might be a little on the lower side here, but it's still good. It's a good bass, but we're hearing definitely as you're moving. Yeah, hot and tired. <laughs> I, I understand. It's quite hot here, too, as well at the moment. Um, and so, yeah, on those, well, Anytime we play, but especially on those long notes, do your best to really use your ears, listen to that, and make sure that your blowing doesn't change. Um, you know, in, in some ex cases, you might not want to do a, a change between blowing and squeezing, but this isn't one of those. You know, we've got nice long uh, F, for example, here. Uh, you know, use that as an example, uh, as a as a moment to really focus in on your blowing. Make sure that your arm. And, and and breath are equal there. You're getting really good pressure. 
um, on both and, and no deviations. As far as the technique goes, um, I thought it was all pretty good. There was one small crossing noise, uh, rolling crossing noise up to F, um, maybe one or two little grace note sync errors, for example, in the E doubling from F. And that's a very challenging, uh, you know, a challenging embellishment, right? Playing the E doubling from F, we have a high likelihood of getting a little grace note sync error or just inverting the, um, the grace notes there a bit. So that's what I heard. Andrew, take it away. Uh, all that stuff Carl said. Scale navigation, uh, one or two audible crossing noises. Um, and that, that really, it, it put, plays a big impact on this tune, right? There aren't that many notes in this tune. So when a few note changes aren't that clean, it, it really, unfortunately, has a, a bit of a negative impact on the, you know, a, a, a bit of a disproportionately negative impact on the performance, right? Uh, rhythmic accuracy, it wasn't bad. I feel like you started strong, but, but pretty soon uh, we definitely went back to a little bit of the old Beth, that things are coming in early to the click, especially embellishments. When there's an embellishment, you tend to fire that embellishment off early relative to the metronome. Uh, and the thing that should be on the beat isn't, isn't really on the beat. Uh, single grace note quality, pretty good in general. Some sync errors coming through. Like I wonder if you were really zoned into that click and you really had a handle with the rhythm, if the grace note quality score couldn't have been a lot higher. Embellishments, pretty good execution of them. Sloppy on the D throw most of the time. And a lot of the embellishments are early to the beat. Okay. Tonal quality, some major audible blowing surges and dips throughout, especially on embellishments. Uh, you're definitely kind of, when you get to the, uh, like the D throw, for example, the, the, the intonation tends to change a lot. What that word, by the way, intonation means is just uh, <clears throat> those audible you know, shifts in, in pitch that you can hear on the chanter and sometimes on the drones uh, because your blowing has changed on the instrument. The tuning was pretty good. Like the drones were really well in tune with each other, but the chanter was very sharp relative to the drones. The whole set of drones as a unit needed to be tuned sharper. And then the whole sound of the instrument would have been uh, a lot better. So there you go. Coming along. What was your score last week, Beth? Uh, it, it was not your best work. That's right. Um, but uh, how does that compare to kind of where we've been? Yeah. 68.25 last week. Yeah. Yeah. But how much would that have improved? Like the instrument quality score, how much would have that improved if the drones had just been uh, a little bit sharper and in tune? I know. It right? could have been. And, and, and that's one of those things, Beth, that could make a huge difference. Yeah. And the intonation, yeah. and the intonation, right? It's got to be better. Uh, intonation's got to be better than that. Um, in order for things to really start to sound locked in. Um, and, and I think you can get that. <clears throat> There's nothing wrong with the chanter, right, Beth? The chanter wasn't the problem. The drones were the problem. The drones as a unit needed to be tuned sharper. That, that is the... Um, the chanter sounds great. The scale sounded true to me, but it all gets skewed when the drones uh, are are not uh, in tune with the chanter, right? There's, when, when it comes to tuning, right, it can be boiled down to two simple things we need to do. Number one is get the drones in tune with each other. 
And I feel like you did that pretty well, except the second thing is the drones have to be in tune with the intervals of the chanter. Obviously the low A, that's the most famous one. We want the drones to be in tune with the low A. They weren't here, right? The drones were, the low A was way sharp relative to the drones. Uh, and then, um, and the rest of the notes were as well, right? The whole chanter sort of seemed uh, uh, sharp overall, so. Yeah. And just keep it in the back of your mind, right? It's not, especially when it comes to tuning, it's rarely something that it clicks and you get it, right? It's something that we learn over time. And, and yeah, maybe every now and then little aspects of tuning are going to click for you. But uh, just keep storing it away in your brain. Try and learn from it and move forward with that aspect of tuning as we go. Um, so there you go. Really nice job. Uh, not the best score, not your best work, but it's a nice job, right? You got the pipes out, played, did your best. Robin Adair is an insultingly easy tune. There's nothing difficult about this. Uh, but getting a good recording. <laughs> I know, but it's so hard, isn't it? It's like, yeah. the, it's like the more space there is and the easier it is, the, the harder it can be to perform, right? Yeah. Uh, it's like when I go to a CrossFit workout and all the girls totally school me. You know what I mean? In every way. They're stronger than me. They're faster than me. Uh, uh. You know what I mean? It's, uh, this, is like, this is like that thing. It's, a, it's a, a healthy serving of humble pie here with Robin Adair. For sure. So don't worry if your score is not perfect. It's not one of those tunes you're like, man, I want to go home and practice Robin Adair. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, it's the perfect way to practice some of those fundamentals, like really solid blowing or tuning. It's a great tune for that because we have mm -hmm. plenty of time to listen and plenty of space, as you said there, to hear that deviation, to hear those mistakes. So, yeah, it, it, it's a good tune for that. Okay, who's up next? Okay, I'm up here for Roger's recording. So here comes Roger.
Okay. It's my job to provide color while uh, Carl provides the score for us here in a minute. So, uh, bagpipe sounded good. In the finger work, what's the, who knows what I'm going to say? <laughs> Roger, what's the number one thing we're going to say? If you're out there, is Roger out there somewhere? Oh, he's in the internal chat here. What's the number one thing we're going to say about the finger work? It's not rocket science. No. Uh, you may have been, so he said early to the beat. You may have been early to the beat here or there, a few spots, but the major thing here that's really disrupting this performance is crossing noises. Okay, this, this tune is simple. It's just scale runs for the most part. Uh, there's a couple spots here, and then you're just having these weird, fluky crossing noises um, throughout, and we really can't have that. Um, <clears throat> so that's the biggest thing we need to correct, which is weird because, Roger, we've been listening to you throughout the week, and you haven't had these on the practice chanter, so um, we might need to get out the old battle axe and practice just uh, playing on the pipes more. You know what I mean? Um, but we'll see, if, we'll see if Carl, we'll see if the judge picked up on that. We'll see. You know? All right, here we go. We'll oh. see if I picked up on it. I think it's still a pretty good score. All right, so. Oh, I think, um, I think that's a very generous scale navigation score there. Um, yeah, see, I don't know. <laughs> you, you definitely penalized more there on, on, on some of the other crossing noises. Um, I, I definitely heard a few there, and there was a big honker right towards the end, um, a big lift drop crossing noise. Lift drop crossing noise, meaning from, I think it was from, um, what was it, e, D, to, D to E, I think it was right here in, in, in the, uh, let's see, that's the sixth bar, sixth bar, there we go, sixth bar of the second part. Um, Roger, you got away yeah. with murder. You got, this is a great score. Carl is so nice. Carl is very nice. Well, Roger is sending me my, my, my weekly bribe check, so you know, he, he gets the good score this week. Wow. He's anyway, sending it to Rick. Crossing noise. From the D to the E, we heard something like an A um, on the way up. I, I don't think it was a full low G, but I think I heard the A pop in there just a bit early. So uh, watch out for lift drop crossing noises. There was a couple of rolling crossing noises as well. And rhythmic accuracy I thought was quite good as a whole. And there was just some moments where we're ahead. Um, and uh, yeah, grace notes size, excellent. Crispy, crunchy, loved him. Uh, D throws, really good. There was an occasional one that was a bit early, but it's clear you're working on that um, because some of them were starting bang on the downbeat. So um, that's excellent. Keep working on that. Steps were really good. Um, blowing I thought was pretty solid with some mental blowing errors and, and for you I definitely think it is on the mental side there you know a little bit of the technique that distracts you from blowing really solidly and you know for example on, on the F's at the beginning of the second part it was pretty solid there was maybe one or two changes that we heard but they were slight but then we get to a D throw and whew, we heard a big dip so um, watch out for that drones were really nice but not 100% locked and um, they were just you know maybe one of the tanners was slightly out with the other one but uh yeah i thought it was pretty good 
Gen- I guess so. Generous, but I thought it was pretty fair. How much is he paying you? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it was no, it was a good performance. The the crossing noise, the scale navigation score. I guess it is kind of low here. So, uh, fine. Um, hey, can we split the difference in your microphone change, Carl? It's starting to bug me. It's a little bit distorted. Sure. Um, but uh, but I think we're on the right track. Just needs to back it down a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, there's the middle ground. We'll, we'll we'll see. Okay, we'll try the middle ground. Yeah, real nice Tell job. Tell you about the cruise. You've already booked your flights. So um, March, what what are the dates? Uh, it should be the fourth through the tenth. Um, I think you could be right. Let me head over to cruise.dojouniversity.com here, and uh, and we'll check it out. Uh, the early bird special has, of course, expired, but there it is, March 3rd through 10th, 2019, sailing out of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, unforgettable bagpipe school, but if you're interested in taking you and the spouse, perhaps the whole family, on vacation while also secretly getting a bagpipe school at the same time uh, with the team from the dojo there, you definitely have to head over. Check out cruise.dojouniversity.com here. Uh, that's all I want to say. It's, it shouldn't be anything too new, and, and we'll do some marketing before the deadline, which is, I think, November 1st. It might even be December 1st to sign up. I don't know. Uh, but we'll get some uh, marketing out there. Me, Callum Beaumont, Rob Matheson, Carl, we're all going to be there. Harmony of the Seas, uh, the world's biggest cruise ship. Largest ship. Yeah. Yeah. We went on the second largest ship in the world last time when we did it, and it was a blast. Ask people in the chat if they enjoyed it. A lot of people were there, and it was uh, super fun and super cool. So uh, there it is, a little... Uh, ironic name for a ship carrying a bunch of... Well, I don't know, ironic. Should be, it should be telltale. Harmony. We should all have great harmony uh, in our bagpipes. Great tonal quality. I like yeah. <laughs> I do. I like how Ken photobombs the... Um, I like how Ken photobombs it too. It's all very good. Um, agenda. By the way, there's some documentary videos that you should check out from the cruise as well to get a flavor for what it's going to be like and uh, pricing and all that fun stuff. It's all on there. Super fun. I, I have a feeling it's my turn to do a uh, critique now. It is indeed. You've got Stu here coming. Stu. Okay, I am almost ready. Stand by. Stand by. Things are happening. Today's date. And uh, okay, I'm ready. All right, here we go.
great. Stupid. Nice job. Really nice job there. Um, definitely a, a good sounding bagpipe there. Uh, drone's not 100% locked there. Um, I think what happened there, it, to me, my guess, and it's not 100% scientific there, but my guess is you got one of the, the tenors really good in tune, then locked in the drones, but they didn't quite all end up exactly the same. Um, overall, a little bit flat, I think, uh, and then also perhaps a little overblowing on the top hand there, in addition to sharpness, maybe a little sharp on, on the top hand there. Could be a combination, um, or those could be just overblowing, but it didn't sound like to, to me to be a huge surge when you went up to high A, for example. So I think it's probably a little surge, coupled with a little sharpness on the top hand there. Um, definitely a little tendency also to sag on the Ds after you know any of the embellishments here, like the D throws or the strikes. Um, a little moment of rest, perhaps mental rest. Ooh, um, you know, played a D throw there. Some of them, some of the D throws were good, um, though I think the majority had just a little um, issue with clarity in the steps of them. So that's that's the first things that I heard. Andrew, um, all that stuff that Carl said, and I will run down. Uh, I will run down the train here. Adobe Notes view. Okay, here's my notes. Scale navigation. There's that low A to D crossing noise every time you play the ending phrase. Okay, uh, that is a lift drop crossing noise. So uh, when we're going from low A to D, the low A finger is dropping before the D fingers are lifting. So we have that low G, that pesky low G crossing noise. We need to get that clean. We need those two fingers. By the way, we don't need the low A finger to, uh, we don't need the D fingers to lift before the low A finger drops. We need everything to happen simultaneously. Okay, and that creates a nice crisp clean note change. Um, and, and there were a few other little wee crossing noises in there that we need to get rid of. Um, in this tune especially, they really stick out like a sore thumb. Rhythmic accuracy, I liked it. Wasn't perfect, but it was nice and solid. Single grace note quality, good. Embellishment quality, not great. Uh, some of the embellishments were fine, but like the D throw, for example, you're not really playing the steps accurately and evenly. It's just kind of a spazzy... Um, a random array of finger movements there um, in, in that D throw. So we just need to work on playing those steps uh, and getting them accurate and even. <clears throat> Tonal quality, lots of dips and surges. And I actually liked the tuning of your pipes overall, uh, in general, uh, but the blowing issues are sending the drones out of phase and causing them to go a little bit out of tune. You know, when you overblow, suddenly, you know, uh, the drones don't sound in tune and then they c come back in when you're blowing normal again and then they get blown in and out of phase. Uh, there could be an indication of either a drone read that's worn out or maybe it's just not calibrated. Maybe it could be calibrated a little better. I happen to know you, Stu, though, so I know that you've probably uh, calibrated it um, pretty carefully. So. I'm curious to see Stu plugged into a manometer um, to see how big those dips and surges were. Um, I think they were fairly subtle. So 
Yeah, you know, that might be a good thing to invest so in, as Andrew suggested there, the, the drone reads. I don't know. That's my that's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, they, they didn't seem like huge surge surges or dips to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, curious to plug into the manometer a little bit and get some some visual feedback, right? It's one of the, the awesome bits of using a manometer is getting that visual feedback on how you're playing. You might think it sounds great and you can see big deviations or might sound might not sound great but actually it's fairly steady and we have to go chase down another problem so um is is um so just a little bit of a side ramble just to tick off beth is all publicity good publicity what do you think about that why do you say that Oh, you're trying to talk while you upload, Carl. That's that French internet. Well, I say that because today's episode is brought to you by Panera Bread. The worst coffee I've ever had in my life. It's terrible. Uh, I grabbed a quick coffee today, just like, you know, uh, just I, I like to have a little bit of liquid, you know, while I'm doing these long chats. And uh, this is terrible. So I don't know. Does that, is that good publicity or bad for Panera Bread? I don't know. Well, Beth, Beth, what do you think? I'm probably thinking about a Panera bread sandwich for lunch. The sandwiches so, are good. The sandwiches might are good. I buy the coffee, but they might still go. Yeah, maybe go, but don't buy the coffee. Um, you know, and if you're, if you're on a low-carb diet, you don't want to go to Panera. You know? We've got more croutons in those salads. Just, uh, there it is. The... Um, the good, the bad, and the ugly there. Is all publicity good publicity? I don't know. But Stu, if you're out there, good job, my friend. I, I, uh, I wonder what you got last week. I think Stu is usually right around that 60 mark. He gets to that 60 in one way or another. Yeah, that's why they don't call themselves Panera Coffee. That, that's a good point. I think that was a good tangent. On the, on the salad. Although, I'll give Panera credit when I, because um, what I do is I have one I pass by and I do the order ahead thing with my phone. I'll give Panera credit. They did give me the coffee for free. <laughs> now that I think about it, there was a, there was a coupon on there like, like uh, get a free coffee with your order today. So I did click it. So, so is, it, is it still bad considering how it was free? Yes, it's still terrible. It's still terrible coffee. There's nothing good about this. By the way, a shout out to the Big Rab Show because it would appear he shared our show to his Facebook page and now we're up to 25 live viewers. Uh, the, ni awesome. the nicest, best guy in the world. By the way, I was on the Chanter Rant podcast this week and I'm going to be on again next week because I split my interview up in two parts. Uh, it's, um, it is a R-rated podcast. But it came out well, and it wasn't, it wasn't super grungy like some of the podcasts can get. So check me out, talking about how to solve the world's problems. You know, and I only, yeah, I, I only said a few bad words myself, though. So. Speaking of solving the world's problems, shall we continue on with another recording? Well, Carl, have I told you about this coffee? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, let's take a listen here. By the way, you're, you're uh, way less stone-faced today than you were last week, Carl. That was the feedback we got. 
The feedback we got. Three cups of coffee before. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, here comes Benjamin's recording, and I'm scoring this one, Andrew. Okay, nice job, Ben. Really nice job, Ben. You know, the, you know, what's the first thing that comes to your mind as soon as Ben started playing? Uh, the first thing that came to my mind was, nice, the pipe sounds nice. I'm immediately struck by how good the bagpipe sounds. Not that it's like, and I'm not saying he sounds as great as Jack Lee yet. Could be someday soon. Uh, but uh, but the pipe strikes up and it's good. The drones are in tune with each other very well. The drones are tuned to the chanter very well. Not perfect, like the F was definitely flat um, relative to the drones so that the tuning of the F could be fixed ever so slightly, of course. But, um, <clears throat> but there you go, right? It, like it instantly strikes you as being pretty good. And the intonation is pretty good, certainly good enough to keep us really enjoying the sound of those pipes. I can't tell you how many times uh, the news is on and I'm like, oh, bagpipes on the news. And then when they, cut, when they turn the bagpipes up, the sound of the instrument is brutal, right? Don't go on the news till your bagpipe sounds like Ben's. Because it instantly, like without any of the objective fundamental scoring rubrics, right? Uh, you can just hear how good that is. Lost Andrew's mic on the internal feed. Okay. I don't think so, Sue. I think I'm good. No, because I'm, I'm hearing you just fine. Yep. Um, so, and then uh, the finger work, there were some issues, but in general, like the scale navigation was okay. There was a couple little crossing noises in there. The rhythm was not, I, I could not hear your metronome in the performance, but it didn't really matter. I was not able to really tap my foot and get into the rhythmical groove there. So that means your rhythmic accuracy isn't that great. Uh, grace notes were good. Embellishments could be better, but they were far from bad. So, dude, Ben, nice job, my friend. 
He lost connection for a moment. Of course, whenever I give compliments, people's internet dies out on them. <laughs> this is how I get my reputation. It's like the metronome that, that adjusts automatically to whatever beat you'd like to play. Exactly. Okay, exactly. There we go. So Ben, really nice job there. Um, I don't have a whole lot more in my uh, score here that Andrew hasn't mentioned. Just a few small crossing noises, like for example, going up to the high A doubling on the way up to the very, very first high A of the doubling. Little, little crossing noise, little catches there. Um, so watch out for that guy. Um, and then, yeah, get that metronome going a little louder if possible, if at all possible. Um, otherwise, really focus on your foot so that we can easily tap our foot along. Um, and uh, yeah. D throws I thought were really good. They were heavy D throws. That's perfectly fine. Um, and uh, they had really nice steps to them, though. They were equal and even and consistent. So I thought that was really nice. F strikes maybe a tad big. Um, the, the, the E sound when we're striking down to F. You know, we're trying to get that in time, maybe with the metronome, and it can get a little too large. Andrew, would you put that in single grace note quality or in embellishment? Uh, sorry. Sort of like the two. What? A, a an F strike, like the E the E grace note itself. Would you put that in single grace note quality or embellishment quality? Well, an F strike F strike is a single grace note. Yeah. Okay. Like you're talking about in bar one of the second part. Right. Exactly. That's a single grace note. It needs to be it needs to be as infinitely small as possible. You know, while still being able to hear it, it needs to be. Uh, obviously, uh, there would be no grace note sync issue there, but that's a single grace note there for sure. Okay. And it would yeah, not I mean, go. It's not like embellishment, but yeah. I, no, I it's not an embellishment. An embellishment is uh, a rapid fire group of melody notes and grace notes that we sort of use repeatedly in the bagpipe music. So the high A doubling, the burl, the D throw. But whenever there's a single grace note, that should go in single grace note quality. Fair enough. <laughs> See, you learn something every day. That's why this is why uh, I'm such an inspiring boss to work for. So you learn something every day. Um, you're going to get the next one loaded up, and I am going to uh, banter with people on the chat while you do that. Um, <clears throat> and the internal chat, Tom was like, "Anybody else's screen go back to Troy?" Yeah, it went to Troy because that's called art, my friend. I'm including the B-roll in the stream making it look awesome, giving you a, a, a sense of the setting of the day. Unlike last week where it was hot and nice and beautiful, this week it's rainy. So uh, can you keep the sheet music on screen while the tune is being played, please? Um, no, I'll do what I want. But uh, I will keep that in mind, yes. When, when, I, uh, am, when I'm doing it, I have to keep one view anyway, so. Uh, but sometimes, damn it, I am going to switch to a beautiful uh, cityscape. Damn it. Troy is sort of beautiful, cityscape. It's beautiful B-roll anyway, folks. You know, trying to keep it interesting. <sighs> Sorry, Jeff. All right. I got you. I got you, man. We'll do this. So... Yeah, Jen, Jen is up next. Oh, Jen is up next. I get to do Are Jen. Are you ready, Andrew? Yeah, look, the music's up on the screen. 
I can't believe All that. Right. I can't believe Next that. Week, I can't believe people are complaining about seeing like a live video feed of where the dojo is. I can't believe that. You know? God. Uh, wow. What makes me more angry is what makes what makes me more angry is I know Jeff is right. I know he's right. It makes a lot more sense to have the music up so people can follow along. It makes a lot more sense. But that just makes my blood boil. Makes my blood boil, I'll tell you. <sighs> At least you can admit when when somebody's right. It's not always easy. I hate it. I you know, but you can say whatever you want about me, but I will admit when I'm wrong. After a while, after a, after a barrage of uh, profanities and anger and uh, all that kind of stuff, I usually will come around. Uh, I know all of that firsthand. That's only if yeah. I think. That's only if I actually think I'm wrong, though. There are some things where I still think I'm right. On the big issues, I try to do the right thing. On the little issues, like you know, an occasional live shot of Troy coming up. Uh, like, come on, what is this? Uh, like, uh, all right. Like the live stream police out here. Okay, Robin Adair, let's do it. Here we go. So Jen, nice job there. Um, yeah, drone's not a hundred percent locked there. I definitely, though, I definitely think you got at least one, if not two, of them locked in with your channer. Um, generally, good tone there, uh, or good tuning there. The tone was moving around. There was a big difference between the first and the second part. First part, a little dull, a little flat, a little under pressure. Second part. Go up to high, ooh, and we can hear a big change in your pressure there. So 
watch out for that. Work to be a little consistent. The other thing I'm picking up on, a little slight tendency perhaps to, um, to change your blowing in time with the metronome. And that's something I used to be very guilty of, um, of maybe surging a little bit on the beat because we're trying to get that really good, um, that really good rhythmic accuracy. But don't let that translate into a body movement or into anything that's related to your blowing and squeezing. So. Thank you, Amanda. <clears throat> By the way, Amanda likes the cityscapes. Um, okay, so to reinforce what Carl said, here it is. Here are the goods. I'm going to temporarily change away from the music here, the screen, um, just to be, just be forewarned. All right, um, <clears throat> good job. Scale navigation, pretty good. Slight catches like on that low A to D thing. A lot of folks have been having that crossing noise on. Um, rhythmic accuracy, good. Sometimes leading the beat a hair, especially as we got into the second part, we started to depart from that really nice rhythmic accuracy. Single grace note quality, pretty good. Sometimes big on grace note size, right? The size of a grace note is of the utmost importance, right? Um, the size of a grace note should be infinitely small, which is, of course, not a thing. Infinitely small would mean we couldn't hear it, but as infinitely small as sort of audibly possible. We want to hear the absolute minimum sound on the grace note so that uh, it, it properly articulates that melody note there. So sometimes they got a little bit big. Embellishment quality was pretty good. Uh, not always clean on the D throws. Sometimes you're reaching for the F doublings, uh, where is the F doubling? Yeah. Where what we need is. Right? Just kind of wait for the beat and then slam that nice, well articulated F doubling right in there. So, uh, Jen, <clears throat> I think you're in the Facebook chat right now. Uh, what was your score last week? Uh, there'll be, of course, a delay before she replies if she's only in the chat. Oh, no, she's in the internal chat, too. So we'll see where she gets back to me. She both, yeah. <laughs> Maybe she can't decide. Maybe that's what it is. Um, but uh, pretty good. We got to get the um, tuning of the drone sorted out. That's the biggest weakness here. 59 last week. Yep, so 56 this week. Pretty much the same. I'm telling you, man. Robin Adair is the sleeping giant. Like it goes, um, it goes like Mrs. McPherson of Inveran, Abercarney Highlanders, Delvin Side, Cameron Rant. But then, like right there at number five, Robin Adair. Oops, sorry. Um, there it went. So it's your turn to score the next one when you get it uploaded. Yeah. There's no way for me to really know if I just really made uh, uh, Jeff mad. So. Jeff, if you're out there, I'm sorry, brother. I'm feeling better now. I'm cooling it down. Things are good. Uh, cooling it down. You were right. That's, I was mad. Sorry. Just killing time. Um, well, as we kill time, let's see how the environment in Troy, New York is shaping up here, folks. Um, there you go. Troy, New York. Rainy. It's not actively raining right, right now. You can see that the... Um, the roads have dried up. In the background, you see that building with the, um, with the red roof and the sort of square bit that sticks out the top. That is the fairly world-famous, somewhat world-famous Troy Music Hall right there. 
A lot of famous people have played there. In the background of the Troy cityscape, way in the back, you can see those buildings poking up. That is New York's state capital of Albany. Um, and of course, this river that you're looking at is the Hudson River. This is when, when Henry Hudson sailed over to the New World. This is the inlet he took, and it took him basically to this spot, basically, give or take. He got a few more miles north, but that was about it. Fascinating, isn't it? Wow. No, he didn't, he didn't make it much past Troy because there was rapids there. Yeah. Could, uh... This was basically it. This is basically where Henry Hudson was like, well, that's it, folks. So, uh, so there you go. It's beautiful. There's some All history right. for you. Well, here comes our next recording from <clears throat> one of the Johns. So here we go. I have transferred back over to the main view. So nice job, John. Carl is going to do your score. I'm going to do the color. So, so the drones were well in tune with each other, and they were fairly well in tune with low A, but I didn't get that same feeling from your instrument sound that I got from others. And that's because some of the intervals are really tuned quite sharp. The D in particular, and this tune relies quite a bit on the D. Um, the, so the tuning of the individual notes could be improved because... Right now, they're just a little bit piercing to the ear, and we don't get that great uh, quality of sound, right? We don't get that great, the quality of sound is what I mean. We don't get that great, uh, that great impression. We don't get that great impression of the sound. Now, playing-wise, I feel like I've heard you play better. Uh, we had some crossing noises. We had some early to the beat playing. Um, I know because we worked, we worked so much on the D throw yesterday, I know that was probably on your mind. I thought the D throws were played pretty well, um, but uh, some of them definitely coming in pretty early to the beat. So, um, so there you go. Like, I think there were some minor finger work issues. We'll see if Carl picks up on them or not. Um, but, uh, but yeah. 
Scale nav. 3.5 out of 5. It's just those small crossing noises that Andrew mentioned. Yeah, little ones. They're little, but they're there. They're there, right. Um, and uh, yeah, I, so they're there. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I, rhythmic accuracy, uh, again, I was hearing, like, and I just made up this number, one out of every five beats, but it sounds like you know, every so often you come to uh, one beat where you jump just a little bit ahead. Um, it may have even been coupled with an embellishment. Yes. Or even a surge in the blowing. Um, maybe all three. <laughs> so watch out for that. Um, you know, try, try to think about what might be causing that. It's probably a, an embellishment that's causing a mental blowing error, which is causing you to be a little ahead because you're worried about it. Um, so see how these things are all related. It's kind of interesting. Um, and embellishments, I gave you a 2.5 out of 5 because the dethrows, for me, the first step was really much larger and couple that with sometimes coming in a little bit early there. Um, and so, yeah, if you were worried about those, you maybe overdid it a little bit. Just relax. You know, play the open steps. Open is fine, but they have to be equal. The, the steps of the dethrow have to be equal. Um, and then small blowing movements and, and um, yeah, the, the tonal quality I thought was, was good. I mean, it was, it was solid, but it w didn't have that sparkle. Uh, you know, it's not, not a very, very objective way of describing something, I suppose. But, um, yeah. I thought it was good as, as a whole. I thought it was really quite good. So there you go. <clears throat> there it is. Big things are happening. I haven't heard from Jeff. I must have made him mad. Sorry, Jeff. John, what, what did you get last week? Out of curiosity. You remember. I think, yeah, this tune is just deceptively easy or hard, uh, deceptively hard. I think it's very easy, but it, it's certainly a, a canvas to make plenty of small mistakes. So, Carl, why doesn't the top line of your critique coming out on the notes? That's a great question. Uh, well, in that case, I simply didn't. You didn't, you didn't grab enough of it? Oh, okay, I'm just wondering. Just making sure there's nothing wrong with our little app. That was, that was just me. <clears throat> Three weeks ago, John got a 66. So there you go. Oh, there you go. You have to understand, right? Like, like one of the things to understand as, as a person who's going through these critiques is familiarity is going to play a role in your score. So three weeks ago, I don't remember exactly what we did. It was probably something along the lines of Bonnie Galloway or something. I don't remember. I don't remember the tune that we did. See, I like that. That was a change in facial expression there, Carl, even though you weren't talking. This must be what the people were talking about uh, as far as the whole stone face thing. But, um, but where I'm going with that is familiarity is going to play into the score. So if you're familiar with the tune, let's use last week's tune, for example, like Wings. That's a tune that we play all the time and we're very familiar. We know what the rhythm's going to be. We know it's coming. Robin Adair, for me, it's very familiar, but for others, it, it might not be so much the case. This is not one of those tunes that you hear every single day, everywhere you go. And it's got these big, wide open rhythms, and there's tons of room for insecurity as we're playing. And so this is a hard challenge. If your score went down a little bit this week, it's not time to panic, I don't think. 
it's a difficult challenge, really difficult. <clears throat> you know what I mean? David says, this is good stuff. Thank you, David. Thank you. That's the kind of comment we like. To reward you for that comment, here is a view of the Troy cityscape. Okay. Um, Secretly, Andrew is just checking the weather so that when this is over, he's deciding whether he needs to like wait uh, for the rain to stop or whether he can go right home. Or <laughs> yeah. Secretly happening here. Uh, I, there, are, there are no windows in the dojo cave. There are no windows. There are not. Anyway, thank you, uh, David, for your nice comment there. Um, so, uh, Andrew, you are up with Roberta's next. I am up. Yes, you're up. I just did John. So. Okay. Uh, let's count backwards from five and then start. Five, five four, four, three, two. How many beats per minute should we be counting at? I don't know. Um, I don't know. 60. Don't know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. I'm stopping the recording. Can you hear the impact of her bagpipe right from the very beginning? Why is that? Ask yourself these Maybe. questions. You know what I mean? Okay, we're starting again. Roberta, I mean, a really excellent performance there. Nice sonic bagpipe and rhythmically very, very accurate um, with maybe just a few, few very small deviations. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think you had maybe a little moment of panic here in the second part going into the third bar that G. Grace not just a little bit like, oops, here comes the G. Grace note. You weren't late, but you could hear a little surge. Or here's another possibility, because I also heard a little tiny surge and maybe a little earliness on your F doublings. Um, and so maybe with your arm, uh, because of playing that F doubling, maybe you're, you're pushing a little extra on the bag. Um, something to think about. What, uh, you know, are your hands 100% relaxed when you're playing those F doublings? And maybe just generally G-grace notes 
to F that's maybe a little insecure on the top hand um, and might be uh, something mechanical going on there as well, something with the, the way that you're blowing and, and squeezing. Things will ask for a little early. Well, yeah, and, and why, I wonder. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was really good, though. So don't, don't concentrate on that too much. Andrew, it's a pretty good score, eh? <clears throat> yeah, it's a classic Roberta here. She does a great job. So um, uh, let me make the notes bigger so we can all read them on the feed. Um, okay, scale navigation, slight rolling crossing noises. I found a couple. They're very slight, though. I, this didn't damage your score. Um, sometimes not 100% clean on these two-note jumps. Sometimes hearing a little tiny bit. Oh, here it is. She's been really sick this week. Oh, that must be what it was. Um, well, you certainly couldn't tell from your performance, Roberta. Excellent performance. Rhythmic accuracy, not perfectly accurate. Sometimes you're a little late to the beat, and once or twice in this recording, you're a little bit early. So you could be more rhythmically accurate, even though it was still very good. Single grace note quality, solid. Could they be crispier and smaller and more articulate? That's a question you can ask. It might not necessarily be definitely yes, but it might be something where we can get more um, crisp articulativeness of those grace notes. Embellishment quality, awesome, really good. I love that you're working to play the steps uh, accurately, evenly, and super controlled. And we're, we're focusing on mastering that before we work on playing them super fast. Okay, tonal. An excellent deep throw in terms of working to get the steps perfect and on the downbeat. Mm -hmm. Perfect demonstration of that. Exactly. Really, really, really good. That's why I'm trying to talk her into becoming a teacher, but she says she doesn't like teaching. Okay, um, not because she's the best player I've ever heard in my life, but because she really understands these concepts well. You know what I mean? So, Roberta, think about it. Okay, so um, slight intonation issues here and there, but very good tone. And the style overall, or sorry, the tuning overall was awesome. Really, really good. Not a single note that I felt was out. Roberta replied to that in the internal chat. Jesus. That was her reply. Um, <clears throat> he would be a perfect example of a, a teacher, lifelong teacher. You know? Okay, but we're not going to go there. We don't talk about religion or politics on the Dojo U live stream. So, strictly talking about capital H him uh, in the in the practical sense of the word as a you know great teacher of the past. Welcome uh, Jim Jane and John McGrath. There are quite a few people who have a Facebook account with their spouse. You know, that's like a thing. That's how you know a person just, that's how you know a person just has Facebook to keep in touch with old friends. That's the only reason. Like they don't use it. They're not constantly checking it. They're not, you know, they're not social media addicts. Um... You know what I mean? 
Like, I highly doubt Lee's middle name is Stephanie. I highly doubt that. It's probably his wife's name. What I want to know is, why doesn't the wife's yeah. name go first? That's what I want to know. Like, how did that conversation go? Like, hey, whose name should we put first? Well, you're going to use it more, honey, so you should put it first. Um, <clears throat> Sue is up next. She says, Why don't you have a, a Stephanie Andrew Facebook account? Uh, I use my Facebook a lot. I, there was a long time where I was essentially dormant, but it's such a great tool for business. Like, look at where, what we're doing right now, for example. Uh, it's such a great tool for business. For it's, it's the best advertising product that there is. So, uh, you know, so you kind of have to be on Facebook to do that stuff. So here I am. I have my own account. I don't think my wife wants to be friends with all the bagpipe people I'm friends with. That's maybe understandable. I also, um, I get a lot of friend requests now. So, um, you know, because we're so visible on the internet, I get a lot of friend requests. Don't be offended if I don't accept. I usually like go back, go into them a couple times a year and, and I pick out the people I definitely know um, and accept a few invites, but really like, there's too many. You can always message me if you really have to, but um, messaging the dojo is the best way to get a response, I would say. Yeah. All right, here comes Sue's recording. Are you ready, Andrew? I'm scoring this one, but you're doing the colors. Uh, let's take a brief. Uh, let's take a brief timeout to see the cityscape of Troy, and now back to the music. Oh, thank God. Jeff, I'm so glad you're not mad at me. Thank you. So good to hear that. It's really been bothering me. So Jeff is new to the pipes and reading music. Seeing the notes while they are played really helps. Jeff, happy to do that for you, man. I, uh, I of course, am just joking as well. But, but then, like, there's that possibility that you interpreted me the wrong way, and I got, like, all upset and, like, oh, man. Okay, back to Sue. So it's my job to provide color while Carl provides a score. 
Um, now, you might be tempted to listen to that performance and be like, what is going on there? But Sue has only been playing on the bagpipes for like a couple of months. And she's a relative beginner. Now, she does have a music background. So some of these things like rhythmic accuracy and that sensitivity to getting pretty darn good scale navigation throughout. Scale navigation, of course, uh, that means going from note to note without major crossing noises and stuff. She's doing that really, really well. Grace notes are coming through pretty darn good. Uh, Carl's score will show you more accurately, like exactly, you know, the, the completed quality of that. Uh, embellishment quality is actually really nice. It's so nice to hear a beginner methodically, correctly attempting those D throws. She's not always getting them perfect, but she has the exact right approach. And then of course, uh, physical blowing technique, and stuff like that is going to take a while to develop. That's a, that's a physical skill, it's a coordination skill, it's a musical skill. So uh, Sue, really nice job overall. I would think that, uh, you know, Carl, is, his score is coming right up, I would think. Absolutely, yeah, read come. Yes, the read is dead, right? So, so we talked about this last week on the show with Sue. Uh, the read is dead there. It's not a great read, um, but that's okay. Like Rome's not going to be built in a day and you're up on the pipes jamming out. What's your recording setup, by the way? Like, I also think Sue probably doesn't have like the Zoom H10,000 mega recorder there. It sounds like she's just, you know, doing a recording on her phone. That's the way to do it, right? We are just, um, you know, Press record. I usually record outside. You do have a Zoom mic that plugs into your phone. Oh, a cheap one. That's, I love that Zoom thing. I don't know if I have it nearby, but you can actually get a Zoom mic that plugs into your iPhone. Yeah, and produces great quality audio. Anyway, that totally negates my speculation there. So um, you might want to think about microphone placement. Let's talk about that. It goes for everybody, not just people who are submitting for critiques. Let's say you have a, a recording device even if it's not a fancy one, where do you put it when you record? This is a brief timeout for an educational moment. What do you think? I would say fairly high up so it picks up the drones and not only the channel and farther away. That's a good answer, but I have a better one. Sue says, on the hood of the closest car. Uh, not a bad answer, I have a better one. What, what do we say at the dojo when we talk about this? Here's the thing. You, this is the easy rule. Everyone can learn this when it comes to recording. And, and it could be when you're recording anything, not just bagpipes. It could be when you're recording your pipe band as well. If you have a recording device, where do you put it? The answer is you put the recorder exactly where you would want your own ears to be. That is, that's my answer. That's my overarching you know, that's my overarching strategy whenever I record myself, right? For example, if, if, you, were if you personally were listening to, <laughs> Sue says, so I'd put it in the next county. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but if I were recording myself playing, I wouldn't want my ears to be right down one foot away from my chanter. That's where a lot of people put the iPhone is like right on the table next to them as they're playing. But that's not where you want your ears to be. If I'm listening to a bagpiper, I want to be six to 10 feet away probably. And preferably, I want my ears to be at roughly a standing level, kind of halfway between the drones and the chanter so I get a nice mix of 
uh, all of the different aspects of my bagpipe as I'm listening, right? That's where your teacher would sit. That's where the audience would sit. So put the uh, recorder exactly where the ears of the audience uh, would have the best experience. Amanda has it on chair 12 feet away. Cool. I think that's good placement. It's way better than uh, having it up way too close. Okay, Carl's going to go over Sue's score. By the way, it's, nine, it's 9.30. Are we done with all the recordings? We have one more, I believe. So okay. We'll, we'll make it quick. Um, so, Sue, don't panic about the overall score here because I put something in on the instrument quality which brought the overall thing down. So make sure you're looking at the defined scores here. Um, finger work of 52, I think that's quite good. Scale nav, um, so I, I, I picked up two things there. The, the crossing noises coming through, uh, some slight ones. But for me, there was a few whole coverage issues. So that's why that score suffered a little bit more this week. Um, rhythmic accuracy, I thought was excellent. You know, um, keep working on attacking that beat, but, but good job there. Um, single grace note quality, pretty good, but there's some sync errors coming in there. Um, so keep working on getting them right on the downbeat and making sure they're crisp and clear. But right, more importantly, you know, right between the change of the two notes. Um, and then embellishments, you know, keep working on them. They're coming through really well in the pipes. Um, so, so the practice you're doing here is definitely paying off. So, so keep that up. And so, yeah, I just put the, the blowing in there, um, you know, in, in the total quality score. Maybe Andrew will disagree with that, but uh, in terms of the, the blowing, we can hear that coming through as, as big deviations. But yeah, that's normal. You know, that's that's par for the course. So so that's uh, you know just a score that will watch continue to rise as you keep working here. So that's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, when the chanter's cutting in and out, right? It doesn't matter the reason why. That's a negative when it comes to the tonal quality that you're producing. Um, we wouldn't want to listen to. We wouldn't want to listen to the great pipers in the world if their chanters cut out all the time. Um, and so like that's something we have to learn how to do and strive to do. Even if we're doing all the right things as a beginner, it doesn't mean we're there yet. So, so I think that's the right thing to do, Carl. And, and then Sue, it's, it's your job to interpret the score the best way that you can. Um, Carl, you're getting that last upload happening, right? Yeah. Okay, good. We're going to try and wrap this up quick, just so you know. Try and keep to the 9.30 cutoff time. <clears throat> Uh, Jen's got to go. No problem. I forgive you. We're trying to stick to 930, but if we only have one more to be completely done, we're going to do it. We got one more and it's, it's ready to go. So here, you, you're up for this one, Andrew. Okay. I am up. Okay. <clears throat> this is Tom. I'm ready. ready. Yes, I'm ready. Three, two, one. Here we go.
Okay, I think that's the end of that recording. Um, so, so Tom's working here on just the first part on the practice channel, and you're doing a pretty good job, but we, we got a little issue in just the basic counting there, Tom. Um, you, you sort of switched from single time in yeah. the first bar, um, something in between that and double time in the second bar, and then for the bars three and four, you were playing in, in double time with the right number of beats. Um, but we got to make sure we're counting right. So um, in that first bar, in double time, which I think is what you, you should be shooting for anyway, um, make sure that you're counting to four um, on that low A and two for each of the eighth notes on B and C. And that follows then through on, on bar two. But that should at least, that'll help you improve the rhythmic accuracy score like a ton. So, so just watch out for that. Yeah. Andrew. So look, the summary for me is you're going to need to do a better job of learning the tune in order to improve your score here. You're just lost. You're not quite sure where you need to be because the rhythm isn't there, right? So we didn't play the rhythms correctly in the beginning, and then you would switch over to playing them correctly in the end of each part. Um, and so you're just kind of lost, and, and the grace notes that you're playing are not really the correct grace notes in the score. Um, and um, there are tons of really big crossing noises in there because I just don't feel like you have your bearings yet, right? Tom, it looks like Tom may have had to go for the day, so so he might be listening to these uh, comments later. Um, but uh, yeah, we just need to zone it in and, and learn this a little bit better uh, in order to be able to get some of the technique coming through. I would recommend breaking this down and building it up in the classic dojo U tune building style. Maybe we can talk about that next week or something if we want, if people are curious about that. They might not be curious about it. So there you go. But uh, we just... We, but also just keep it a little slower. That'll give you more time to think through it as yeah. you're playing it. It would be slower if he, he started off in single time, right? And then he right. switched to double time. So if he just was in the double time from the beginning, it would have been uh, the right tempo, I think, to do what he needs to do. Uh, but that's it. So, Tom, there you go. We just need to, like, I wouldn't even really worry about that score yet. We just got to get it learned better first. So, uh, there you go. Guys, that is our final critique. So, um, let me know if there's any final questions, comments, or concerns. But uh, I think we're getting pretty close to signing off for the day. Shall we have a look at the, the weather in Troy, maybe, for a minute and see? It's still raining, Andrew. <laughs> uh, if it's still raining, I mean, it looks dry. It looks like it's drying up. We can see um, some clouds moving across there, uh, you know, and, and so on. So that's looking good. Final Facebook comments. Welcome, David Manzano. He and I used to play oh. drums together. Great job, everybody, as a whole. Um, you know, it, it's really fun to do this, and you can hear people are making progress every week, and that's the most important thing, right? Getting out there doing a recording might not be perfect but hey this gives us what to work on and it shows us that we're steadily improving and that is the only thing we can hope to do uh, with our piping and yeah. to steadily improve that's it and a lot of scores yeah a lot of the scores were down this week but you know like we talked about why you you might not want to read into the score too too much uh, i know lee's score went way up this week um, and that was good but but you know what I mean? Like, don't worry too much about a slight deviation in the score, especially because for most of us, Robin Adair is not something we're as familiar with. But yeah, keep the improvement happening. Uh, keep uh, putting yourself to the test by doing these critiques. We need more, we need more people to be sending in their mission. 
uh, so we could do more critiques and, and so on and so forth. Give us feedback if you're hearing the stream. Uh, what do you think about it? What do we need to improve? Definitely improve from last week already. Um, and, uh, you know, minor hiccups, like apparently people want to see the music while people are playing and stuff like that. Just kidding. Now that I know Jeff and I are buds, uh, I, can, I, can keep be, I can continue to be sarcastic about that. Okay, we're wrapping up. That is it, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. Next week will be the last week of the trial run of this. Uh, and then I'm off to the world. So it'll, we'll go several weeks without a show, but then we'll be um, starting in September. We'll, we'll do one of these every single week. But we will uh, see you next week regardless. And we'll talk more about it. So thanks for tuning in. Take care, everybody. See ya. Take care, everybody. We'll see you later. Hey, Dave. Good to see you, man. We got to get you on the show to do some critiques. You're a, Dave is a great musician. He and I played a drum, drum set. We were drum set buddies in high school. David was, uh, Dave was the man. Taught me a lot of moves. We used to have, we used to do, people, kids used to do the, this thing where they would like get together and do activities together. We used to play drums, which was super fun. Now all we do is watch other people's live streams and all that, you know? And that's all kids do these days. All right. See you later.